guys, I'm so excited to be sitting down at my desk finally in front of my podcasting mic. For those of you that follow me on Instagram, you will have seen my trip. I was away in the UK for almost four weeks. I was in London. I was in Sussex. I did a almost week long road trip through Scotland. I also got COVID and spent four days in my hotel room in bed. And everyone was kind of wondering like, oh, you know, it's fine now. Like no one in London cares about COVID, Ellen. Just like go out. You don't have to isolate. And I kept trying to explain to people. I'm like, no, guys, like I literally cannot get out of bed. Like I am so sick. I've never been so sick in my life. It was so crazy, but kind of great because I got extra time to rest. Not going to lie. I'm going to look at this cup half full, even though I was paying to be sick in London in a hotel room. But I had some really great rest. Uh, Selling Sunset, the new season came out when I got sick. So I was able to binge watch that. And the big thing about this holiday is I think I've come back the most rested ever. Like the most restful holiday I've ever been able to have since I started my business. And for me, working and traveling has always been the number one goal. That is why I started this business. I wanted to be a digital nomad. Unfortunately, 2020, all the lockdowns, borders closing, blah, blah, blah. That kind of put a pin in things. (laughs) And then last year, I was able to explore what it was like working remotely and traveling when I went to South Africa for almost six weeks to visit and to meet actually my boyfriend's family at that stage we hadn't met and that was amazing but I really struggled with some of my client work on that trip and it wasn't all sunshine and roses it was definitely amazing. It was definitely, I had those pinch me moments, especially in the first two weeks where I was like, OMG, I'm just getting up and working an hour or two in the morning. And then I'm going off and seeing this beautiful country. I felt very lucky, but I also had some really tricky clients to manage. And this kind of ties in really nicely with today's topic on setting boundaries with your clients. This is a conversation that's been coming up or popping up in my DMs a lot recently with my students in the Dishing Out Digital School. And I know exactly why. Because <laughs> setting boundaries is hard. It is a hard thing to do. And I've titled this episode, Five Strategies to Make It Easy. But I will be honest, for a lot of us, you're probably not going to find all of these tips easy to do because of this kind of internal conflict that goes on around you know, the guilt of working, of not working, of setting boundaries, of saying no. And we're going to talk all about those things in today's episode, but they may not be easy for everyone, but they're definitely simple. And for me, being able to look back on my business, even just where I was a year and a half ago, for me, the boundaries that I've created with my clients, with with myself, with how I work, my work hours, All of that have kind of contributed to where I am this year, not just on my trip. That was bloody amazing. (laughs) By the way, if you want to see some cool like travel pictures and reels and stuff, definitely go over to my Instagram. I've also saved all the details of my trip on my highlights on my profile. But anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. (laughs) This year as a whole, I've really found a good place where I have balance with my business, where I'm not burning out. Although to be honest, 
I did do the episode on burnout <laughs> earlier this year, but I'm going to say that was related a lot to my book. I know it was related a lot to my book and the stress around that. So let's just say it doesn't count in this scenario. We're talking about client work and in the context of client work, this has been the best year yet. And these five strategies I'm going to be sharing with you today have been a big part of it. And for me, I've had to learn a lot of these the hard way and I'm going to share some client stories. I'm going to spill the tea, if you will, um, on mistakes that I've made as well. But I think this is going to be a really exciting episode, a really interesting one, and I hope you guys enjoy. Welcome to the Dishing Up Digital Podcast. I'm your host, Alan, a former nine-to-five escapee turned six-figure business owner. This is your place to learn everything there is to know about building your dream life and career as a social media manager. Whether you're just starting out and feeling lost and confused, or you want to take your current business to the next level and double your income, this is the podcast for you. Social media is such a powerful platform and it's enabled me to book out my services and smash the six-figure milestone with only 3,000 Instagram followers. So grab a cup of tea, coffee, a glass of rosé with me, and let's turn those dreams into a reality. My very first tip for setting boundaries with clients might be a tricky one for some of you because if you've already got bad boundaries with your clients, it's so much harder to fix that than starting fresh with a new client. But for me, it does start from the very beginning. You need to be firm with your client right from the early stages of working together. You cannot allow yourself to develop bad habits and loosen those boundaries in the first couple of weeks or that first month because then your client is just going to think that's normal. And that's where you find yourself six months down the track in this kind of hole that you've dug yourself where you're like, wow, this is really unhealthy and I'm burning out and this client has no boundaries with me. But often it's because it's what you've done in the beginning. You have over-delivered. And this is so common with freelancers. I see it all the time. I have done it myself because we have this feeling that we want to be the best social media manager, right? We want to offer the best services. We want to make our client's life easier. And often in the early stages, because it's a new client, we're trying to leave the best first impression. We want them to keep rolling over that contract. Often it's in those early days where we're like, oh, I'll just make this extra graphic for them or let me just edit an extra reel for them. And it doesn't seem like much at the time, but suddenly if you're doing that extra work every single month and not getting paid for that, things get a little bit messy. And the other thing I have done this in the past is replying to emails at all hours of the day and any day of the week, you know, eight o'clock on a Saturday, I'm there replying to someone's email And that is something that I see a lot of people do in those early days, again, because they want to impress the client, they want to give that really good first impression and be really switched on. And often we're just excited. Like I get so excited to work with a new client. I want to dive in straight away. I get really engrossed in it. And I have to be really strict on myself now and pull myself back and be like, no, Alan, you're going to wait till tomorrow to reply to that, uh, that email because 
we are setting the standard here. It's really important that this client knows that they're not going to get an instant reply from me, that they cannot have 24 hour access to me, no matter how much I love them right now, because they've just signed this amazing contract. They've paid me, you know, money. I love their business. I'm so excited. You have to put those feelings aside and be really firm from the beginning. Otherwise, like I said, you're going to develop this habit. There's going to be an expectation from a client. If you try and introduce those boundaries later on, it gets tricky. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit because I know some of you are in that boat. But if you can do it from the beginning, if you can set those boundaries from the start, you're going to have a much better relationship with your client. Now, step number two or tip number two, I should say, is another thing that you can do in the early stages. Again, we have learned lessons working with clients when the boundaries go bad and there's things we can do in the beginning to establish good boundaries and have that long, strong working relationship. And that is to utilize your contract. So tip number two, utilize your contract and put in points there around your working hours uh, when people can expect a response from you. For example, you could say that you work uh, Monday to Friday or Monday to Thursday from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. and people can expect a reply to your emails within 48 hours. Those kind of expectations are completely normal. You shouldn't have to feel guilty that if someone emails you at 5 p.m. on a Friday that they have to wait till Monday to get a reply. This is normal. And I think when you use your contract to write those things out, it makes it that much more clear to your client. Now, I actually learned this tip from another contractor that I hired. <laughs> I got a contract from them. And of course, in there was their work hours. And it was quite high up in the contract. It was very clear. It wasn't like hidden in the TNCs or anything like that. And I was like, oh, that's really smart. I have total respect for that. And now I know because sometimes it's actually just a case of your client not knowing. Like they don't know when you work. Um, they don't know <laughs> when to contact you, what your response time is. And sometimes if they're just told, it can be as simple as that. So those are my first two tips, which are more relevant when you start working with a client. So those of you that are just beginning your social media management journey, you have an advantage here in that you can learn from my mistakes and you can do these two things before you start working with your very first client. Now, for those of you who might be in a similar boat to what I was and, you know, you're a few months down the track, you've worked with a few clients and now you're like, oh, shiz, I have no boundaries <laughs> with my clients. How do I introduce them? These next few tips are going to be for you. So tip number three, I want you to get comfortable with saying no. The big N-O word. Why is this so uncomfortable for us to say, Right. Like, does anyone feel like this, like not just in their work life, but in their personal life? If people ask you for favors and you really don't want to do it, but you're like, oh gosh, I can't say no. I used to feel like this all the time with clients. I would feel so much pressure to do anything that they said. Another mistake I made would be, you know, they'd ask me for extra work and I'd just say yes and I wouldn't even charge for it. That is such a mistake I know so many of us make in the early stages. Again, the, 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 just the absolute need to please and impress a client and do anything for them. We need to put a stop to that. But I also really want you to ask yourself, is this really urgent? And nine times out of 10, when you're working in marketing, 
It's not urgent. I always like to say we're social media managers. We're not doctors. If we don't finish a task on time or if we leave something on a Friday afternoon to a Monday, nobody dies. We're not a doctor out there saving lives, working in an emergency room where, you know, that is an emergency. (laughs) If someone is seriously critically injured, they need saving. Like my hat goes off to those doctors. But we as marketers need to stop pretending that we're in the same boat, right? We need to stop pretending that all the work we do is so massively urgent and critical. And one of the things that's really changed the game for me, something that I actively had to try push myself to do from December last year was when I really started taking it seriously. And that was because it was something that my therapist observed. And when you're paying someone to go to therapy, you really do listen to them. (laughs) It's one thing to listen to. I always joke that like, oh, my therapist will tell me something. And my boyfriend's like, I told you that last month. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't listen to you. I listen to my therapist. But anyway, I sidetrack. One thing that she identified was like my constant need to finish everything and do everything. And she really challenged me to ask myself, what would happen if I didn't do this? So again, coming back to the scenario of if a client asks you to fix something on a Friday afternoon, what would happen if you left that to a Monday? What would happen if you left it to next Wednesday? Now, again, we're building a business. We want to have brilliant customer service. We want our clients to love working with us. So obviously we're not going to stretch that boundary to the extreme and not deliver work that we've been contracted to do. But often we fall into that trap, that people pleasing trap of doing everything super quickly at the drop of a hat when we don't actually need to. And often when it comes to client boundaries, A lot of of people I see, a lot of freelancers, a lot of social media managers, they push the blame onto the client. Oh, the client has this expectation for me to be there, you know, 24-7 to reply to the emails, to make all these changes. And the reality is some cases, in some cases, it's actually just you. You're busy blaming the client, but it's actually you who are bringing the bad boundaries. It's you who can't say no. Often... It's our own guilt getting in the way. It's like, oh gosh, if I don't say yes and I don't fix this reel, I don't change this reel or swap out this photo for my client, I'm going to feel so bad. Like, what if they fire me? Oh my gosh. And you get into the cycle of panic and you're like, okay, let me just do this even though it's 8 p.m. on a Friday or it's a Saturday morning. (laughs) And the thing about this is often if you say no to a client or you say, yes, I'll get to that on X date or I'll get to that next week or my calendar's pretty full at the moment. Can we do that meeting in two weeks' time? Often a client is actually fine. Like this is the hilarious thing. We dramatize it so much in our head. We make it out that we're going to get fired if we say no. (laughs) And the reality is a client is fine. And this is coming from someone who has been very, very focused on you know, using no more in my business and asking myself if something is really urgent. And I've never had a negative reaction to this. Again, it's the stories we create in our head, the worst case scenario that we focus on in our head without actually thinking about the reality. And the reality is most clients, nine times out of 10, and we're going to get to bad clients in a second, but most clients, most good clients will actually understand. 
you know, when I was going on holiday, it was like, hey, I'm heading away for four weeks. So time zones are going to change. I'm going to be traveling a little bit. So I'm not going to be online 24-7, blah, blah, blah. And my clients were like, awesome, have an amazing trip. And this is the thing. Your clients want the best for you. They want you to have holidays and breaks so that you can come back refreshed. They want you to have weekends. Most clients actually really like you. They're they're looking out for your best interests because looking out for you means that's all going to flow back into their business, right? A refreshed, recharged, creative social media manager is going to make better work for them rather than a burnt out, exhausted one that works every weekend, right? And I've even had clients like say that to me sometimes when I have been in the depths of like burnout or, you know, a couple of years ago when I did work 24-7, I would have clients being like, oh my God, you work so much, like take it easy. (laughs) And I would just laugh it off. I would laugh it off until it reached that point where I couldn't keep going anymore when it was too much and I did have to introduce those boundaries. But again, client boundaries can be with your clients, but they can also be with yourself. You can set those boundaries. So I encourage you the next time something comes into your inbox, maybe it's today, maybe it's tomorrow, ask yourself if this is actually urgent and ask yourself what would happen if you left this task till next week. This has been such a game changer for my stress levels. Just simply letting stuff go and letting myself kind of letting letting myself off the hook a little bit I don't know why I was putting myself on the hook (laughs) but I think this is such a big one with client boundaries so if you have a client at the moment who you feel is really pushing the boundaries I want you to just practice saying no and practice you know delaying things pushing them to next week to lighten the load on your schedule to make things easier and just see what happens when you ask for that extra time you know I had a project I worked on with a client this year this is a prime example um, they're one of my social media management clients I look after their Instagram but they asked me to do some extra work uh, creating some website videos and I was meant to deliver these in March And I don't think I delivered them till the end of April, but I was transparent. Like I sent an update and I was like, Hey, moving has been crazy. I've gotten really sick. Um, and I kept in touch, but it was just really nice because I know Alan two years ago would have pushed through the illnesses, (laughs) the stress of moving, the stress of not being able to find somewhere to live, all of that stuff. And I would have been like, no, I have to have these videos done instead of just going to my client and asking for a slight extension. And in the end, the rest of the website, the new website wasn't ready to launch anyway. So it was actually fine that my videos were late. But again, it's when we dramatize it in our head, we think of the worst case scenario. We're like, oh my gosh, they've contracted me to do this project and I haven't finished it. They're going to fire me, blah, blah, blah. And then the reality is I just approached my client. I was like, hey, I just need a little bit more time for this. I really want to finish these videos to the highest standard. And I've actually decided to reshoot two of these because they're not you know, quite working. And the client was fine with that. The reality was the client was fine. So I really challenge you to embrace that attitude yourselves. And before I ramble on about this way too much, (laughs) we're going to jump on to tip number four. So tip number four with setting boundaries with your clients. Sometimes you need to do the scary thing and just, just address the issue with the client. Sometimes there's no way around it. If it is the client who's messaging, calling at all hours, if they are someone who reacts really badly when you say, yeah, I'll do this for you next week, 
This is when you need to have a conversation. You need to explain politely but firmly what's happening, uh, what your work hours are, what your delivery times are, and just remind them of that. Now, I have had two clients where I had to have this difficult conversation with, and they both went very different ways. (laughs) One client was really understanding and one was not. And I think I have talked about this on the podcast or maybe I've actually only talked about it with my Dishing Up Digital School students. They always get the real tea. Our Facebook community that you get access to as part of the course, it's called Insiders Club. And the reason I called it that was because I knew they were the people who were going to get the insider tea, <laughs> the insider gossip. So they get all of the stories. So those of you listening who are in, the, in my courses, you may have already heard this. But I did have a client once who I explained um, the issues, they basically were coming back and making me change the background color of a graphic like five times with every single post. So it was, it would drag out the editing process or the approval process. I'm not even joking like a whole week because every day I'd wake up and she'd want another color option and it would just go on and on and on. And again, I think it was kind of a case of maybe this client wasn't the right fit for me. Maybe we just weren't vibing or gelling. I still think she has a fantastic business and really love her stuff and what she's doing, but we weren't vibing. And when I went back to her with what I thought was quite a polite email, just basically explaining that I was really struggling with the workload and blah, blah, blah said it quite nicely, but again, polite, but firm. (laughs) And basically said we would need to come up with a better system for approvals that didn't involve dragging it out for an entire week and all of the extra hours that were going into it on my end, or I would need to increase my payment, increase my fee. Now that is kind of an ultimatum you can give to a client if they're being really, really clingy, um, sometimes just increasing what that what you charge can do a world of difference <laughs> when you're getting paid more. Suddenly, it doesn't seem like there's as much friction. It doesn't seem as difficult and you can be quite happy. Uh, this client, when I suggested that, they absolutely blew up at me. And actually, the response I got made me cry, like absolutely burst into tears. And that was also because I was really burnt out. And that was me being like recognizing I'm really struggling at the moment. I've got like eight or nine monthly social media management clients and it's quite a lot. And I need to introduce better boundaries because this isn't working. So when I got the really angry message, I cried. And that's the reality of it. Sometimes this happens. Sometimes you do have clients who just aren't the right fit, who just don't match you. Um, sometimes I have also found this with certain clients, um, again, not to stereotype, but I have found it quite common with clients based in the U S because I think they have a very different work culture to say New Zealand, New Zealand. We're very chill. We're very relaxed. New Zealanders are all about the work-life balance. And I've heard it particularly from people in the business and finance world who go across to work in the States from New Zealand. And they're like, OMG, this is so cool. My work has a cereal bar and I can get free breakfast here. And then they quickly realize the reason they get free breakfast is because they're expected to work there 12, 14, 15, 16 hours a day. So there is quite a difference 
in terms of work culture. And I do sometimes get that with my American clients. But in on the flip side, I also have a lot of American clients who have left the corporate world who do not want to involve themselves in that work culture. And that's totally awesome. That's when I have someone who is super aligned and a very dream client. Another situation I had where I addressed this issue with a client and I brought it up, I was actually surprised they were so apologetic. And they actually knew that they had been crossing the line. And I could tell from the response that they felt really guilty about it. But it wasn't until I brought it up, until I made that bold move to be like, hey, it's not actually okay for you to be messaging me at eight o'clock on Fridays. We need to sort out some better communication so that we can get your content organized and, you know, posting really amazing stuff but within my my personal boundaries and not impacting, you know, my schedule outside of work, et cetera, something along those lines. Like <laughs> this was two years ago, a year and a half ago. So I can't quite remember word for word, but that was an interesting scenario where the reaction, I was expecting the worst. I was like, oh my God, this client's going to be so mad and angry and want to drop me. And they were actually super apologetic. And for a while with that client, we did manage to make changes and make it work. However, in all honesty, I did end up dropping them eventually. And that brings me to my fifth and final point, my fifth and final tip on setting boundaries. Sometimes you can't fix a client. If that's the way they work, if they work 24-7, if they work weekends, if they want you to be online all the time, answering their questions, fixing their posts, making last minute changes, sometimes you cannot change them. And unfortunately, with most of my clients who have had really bad boundaries, I have made the decision to move on and find new clients. And those of you that probably listen to all the podcast episodes will know, like I'm not someone who dramatically drops a client. I'm very strategic about it. I'll keep working with them until I have someone else lined up to replace them. So my income is still really stable. Um, I kind of see it as a means to an end. But I think it's really important to bring up like, Sometimes you can't, it's like the same with relationships. Like if something is is wrong with a person, with a client, you can't change them. <laughs> you can't be that girl who's like, I can change this man and he's going to be the perfect husband. No, you cannot change him, girl. You cannot change him. <laughs> and it goes the same with your clients. If it is not the right client for you, if they do not align with your values when it comes to workplace uh, boundaries, if they are someone who's very stuck in their ways, saying this is how they operated their business forever. They're probably not just going to change for you as <laughs> this random social media manager that they brought in. And I do think it's a case of sometimes we just need to be real. We just need to be honest and just say it isn't working. And this is why I like to remind people that dropping clients is not actually a bad thing. Sometimes it's needed. And I think it should be normalized way more. Because trust me, I know a lot of social media managers and behind the scenes, they are dropping clients. It might look all perfect on the outside, on their Instagram page. You see them booking new clients and it's all fantastic. Remember, Instagram is just a highlights reel. They don't show you the real raw stuff happening behind the scenes. I mean, that perfect example, those two clients that I dropped, I didn't put that on Instagram straight away. Like I can talk about it now because it's been 
uh, almost two years, over two years for one of them. So it's kind of, (laughs) I can breathe a little bit more now and it's more reflecting on those lessons learned. But in the moment, I'm not going to broadcast that. I'm not going to take a photo of myself, put, put myself crying on Instagram stories. So even though you might feel like a failure dropping a client, just know that it's super normal. You're getting that much closer to the dream client. And yeah, I think that's quite a straightforward tip with setting boundaries. If you try, if you address the issue with the client, if you have that conversation, if it doesn't go well, if the, uh, the boundaries don't stick, if they kind of flop back to their old ways, personally, I believe there's nothing you can do to change the situation. You've tried, you've tried to change, you've given it your best shot. I mean, with those clients that I just mentioned, One of them I worked with for like three years and I did actually refer her to another social media manager I knew. And I even said to her like, this is a great client. They're going to pay you well. They're going to pay you consistently for like three years. Uh, they'll, They'll be great, but you need to implement really strong boundaries from the beginning. And that coming back to those original two tips, that's where I went really wrong with that client is I was not firm from the beginning. That is where I learned that lesson. And that is where I tried to introduce boundaries later on and it just didn't work. And that is why those first two lessons are so important and why I think it's gotten into a really good place in my business now because I don't have a single client who hasn't been introduced with those strong boundaries, right? So let's just recap these five tips or strategies for setting boundaries with clients to wrap up. So number one was being firm from the beginning. Number two was utilizing your contract to put in certain details around your work hours and expectations there. Number three, getting comfortable with saying no, asking yourself if this is really urgent. Uh, Again, coming back to that conversation around so often it's actually just our own guilt getting in the way and it's not even the client. It's just that these stories, these dramatic (laughs) worst case scenarios we create in our head. Number four was addressing the issue with the client, explaining politely but firmly what's been happening and what your boundaries are. And then number five, the last resort, finding new clients. So I hope you have enjoyed today's episode. If you did and you have any questions, always feel free to slide into my Instagram DMs. I love chatting with you guys. And yeah, I'm going to leave it there and make sure you're subscribed and I will catch you in the next episode. Bye guys.